the end there's no place for argument you are god all by yourself and so father we thank you we give you all the glory we give you all the honor we give you all adoration we thank you because you are the one that's working us both to will and to do of your own good player we thank you for the abundance of grace we thank you for the gift of righteousness we thank you for your love we thank you for your kindness we thank you for your goodness we thank you for your faithfulness we thank you for the long suffering that you have towards us we say we are exalted in the name of jesus we thank you father because you continue to be with us we thank you because your presence have never left us we thank you because you have never left us alone we say we are exalted in the name of jesus father we worship your holy name we ask tonight that you reveal yourself to us in your world in the name of jesus we remove every obstacle on the way of our people coming to tonight's meeting in the name of jesus and we declare today even as we send forth the angels of the lord to go forth and cause our people to be reminded of this meeting in the name of jesus we ask again that you speak to us in your word in the name of jesus for in jesus mighty name we have prayed amen romans chapter 8 and verse 1 tonight we want to look at the word for some minutes even as we are looking at understanding judgment in fact literally i don't know what um topic to give tonight's uh, teaching if you like you can call it understanding judgment if you like you can call it dealing with the brethren if you like you can call it moderation you call it whatever it is you want we just study the word praise god romans chapter 8 and verse 1 now the bible says there is therefore now no condemnation to them which are in christ jesus it says who walk not after the flesh but after the spirit there is no condemnation now this is the first thing i want us to understand tonight that for as long as a believer okay walk not after the flesh and he lives by the spirit okay the bible says there is no condemnation For the Bible says, who shall lay a charge against the Lord's elect? No. It says, for the law. This is why there is no condemnation now. It says, for the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus. It says, has made me free from the law of sin and death. Now, this scripture implies that even though we are free from the law of sin and death that is the old covenant the 10 commandments and all of its ordinances 
so that even though we are free from that law the bible says that we are free from that law because we operate by a higher law see one of the things that we must understand is that god is a lawgiver praise god god is a lawgiver i'll be frank with you so he may have taken away the old laws and the old covenants it does not mean there is no law for you to live by the bible says in verse 2 of romans chapter 8 that the law of the spirit of life in christ jesus so what makes sure that there is no condemnation for you ladies and gentlemen if i may is that you are living by the law of the spirit of life it is otherwise known as walking after the spirit and not after the flesh he said it is this law and the spirit of life that sets you free from the law of sin and death now this is the difference the law of sin and death can only be obeyed praise god the law of sin and death you see the ten commandments and all of the ordinances they can only be obeyed and now they were given so that the sin that is the disobedience to that law may may exist because one of the things i find interesting is that before the law came into the world sin was already in the world but sin was not imputed into men before the law now it's like the bible says now that sin praise god now that uh, the law has been introduced to enforce sin okay man must obey the law but the law of the spirit of life is slightly different you have not been called to obey the law of the spirit of life no you have been called to practice the law or say you have been called to leave the law praise the lord It is important that we understand this. That you have not been called to obey the law of the spirit of life. It is the essence of your living. So while disobeying God under the old covenant would simply mean, would simply attract sicknesses and diseases and all of the things like that, that you have to offer a sacrifice. In this case, refusing to live by the law of the spirit of life not obey now refusing to live by the law of the spirit of life okay leads to a limited life in christ the bible says to be carnally minded is death so if you do not live by the law of the spirit of life one of the things that you will see happening to you is a contraction in your life a loss of quality praise god the law of the spirit of life 
So do not make, make no mistake. There is a law you must live by. Now, if we are going to summarize the law of the spirit of life, there are two basic pillars that hold it. Praise God. There are two basic pillars of the law of the spirit of life. Two basic pillars. Two basic... Praise God. The first pillar of the law of the spirit of life is faith. Hebrews chapter 11 and verse 6. The Bible says that without faith, it is impossible to please God. Romans chapter 5 and verse 1. Therefore, being justified by faith, we have peace with God. So the essence of our peace with God is because we have been justified by our faith in Christ Jesus. Now, the thing with faith is that it doesn't just justify us, okay? It is a rule. Or should I say a rule? It is a principle that we must live by. Everything that we do in the kingdom of God is by faith. If any man does not live by faith, the first thing that is happening to him is that he can't please God. And the next thing is that he will not be able to receive anything from God. To be a born-again believer requires faith. To have the Holy Spirit in you requires faith. To operate the life of God in you requires faith. To know the things that are freely given to you by the Spirit of God requires faith. To manifest the life of God in you requires faith. To worship God and add it, add it, add it, I mean, to give an acceptable worship and offering to God requires faith. Faith is of utmost importance in the kingdom. This is the first principle, the first pillar of the law of the spirit of life. Faith. Praise the Lord. Now, there's a second pillar. Our emphasis is not on faith tonight. Our emphasis is on the second pillar. The second pillar of the law of the spirit of life, praise the Lord, is love. Faith and love. A combination of these two is what we call the law of the spirit of life. Because you can't love without faith. To love the way the Lord Jesus introduced the love to us is impossible without faith. In fact, Jesus was speaking to the Pharisees and the disciples. He said, I write unto you a new commandment. He said again, I write unto you a new commandment. That thou shalt love the Lord your God with everything you've got. And then he said, that thou will love thy neighbor as yourself. Love. Love. Now, you can't love God without faith. It is important that you understand this thing. It is impossible to please God without faith. How can you love Him without faith? You can't love God 
without faith. You can't love the brethren without faith. Now the Bible says in 1 John, I think chapter 3, the Bible says that he that dwelleth in love dwelleth in God. It says anyone dwelling in love dwelleth in God. First John chapter 4 and verse 17 says, Herein is our love made perfect, that we may have boldness in the day of judgment, that we are as Christ Jesus is. Love. Love is perfection. So love is perfection. Understand that. If a man fundamentally, if a believer now fundamentally can operate these two pillars every day of his life, what he will realize literally is a continuous, a continuous growth in his life. It will become a phenomenon in the world. Praise God. Love and faith. Is somebody with me now? Now, in the spirit of love, we have come to understand judgment. Praise God. You will see that all of the emphasis of the Lord Jesus when it comes to commandments and laws is on love. When it comes to the commandments, is on love. Now, Philippians chapter 4 and verse 5. Philippians chapter 4 and verse 5. Philippians chapter 4 and verse 5. The Bible says, Let your moderation be known to all men. The Lord is at hand. Perhaps you start from verse 4. It says, Rejoice in the Lord always. And again, I say to you, brethren, rejoice. And I said, let your moderation be known to all men. The Lord is at hand. Now, the Amplified Version says, let all men, listen SPI, let all men know and perceive and recognize your unselfishness. Let all men know and recognize your unselfishness, your, your considerateness, your forbearing spirit. The Good News Translation says, show a gentle attitude towards everyone. I want us to pay attention to the term used in Amplified for your moderation. It says, let all men know, perceive, and recognize. It means that every man, every person must know your unselfishness. First, unselfishness. Even when it comes to judgment, even when it comes to people doing you wrong, your unselfishness, your considerateness, and your forbearing spirit. See, it is in light of this scripture that I must introduce to us and say at this point now that you don't have an a human enemy 
I kid you not. No one on the earth is your enemy. You have just one enemy and that enemy is the devil. And so if anyone is misbehaving, you, should, you need to realize that they are influenced by darkness to behave in their particular way. They are instruments in the hands of the devil because of their lack of knowledge. And praise God, you need to understand that they are first and foremost in bondage. But what we are talking about, it takes a man from the, that is coming from the standpoint of law to understand any of these things. Hallelujah. So you have to be careful in your judgment of men. Praise God. You have to be so careful in your judgment of men. You have to be so careful. I am emphasizing on careful. In fact, Jesus was talking to carnal men in Matthew chapter 7. Let's read. These are emphasis for tonight. In Matthew chapter 7 from verse 1, Jesus was speaking to carnal men. And he looked at them and said, I, I think this is the best way for you guys to deal with judgment. He said, judge not. That you be not judged. He now said, for with what judgment you judge, you shall be judged. And with what measure you met, it shall be measured to you again. And he says, why? Be why behold you the mote that is in your brother's eye? But consider not the beam that is in your own eye. He said, or how will you say to your brother, let me pull out the mote out of your eye, and behold, a beam is in your own eye. He says, you hypocrite, first cast out the beam out of your own eye, then you will see clearly to cast out the mote out of your brother's eye. Jesus was saying, don't judge. That behavior you are seeing in another person, that person you are calling your enemy because of the way they talk, because of the, you know, um, what do you call it? Because of the, uh, you know, the way they have been antagonizing you, the things that they put up against you, you think, you believe that they are, they are your enemy. You have even organized prayer meeting against them. Jesus is saying, my dear, you're judging. But there is a contradictory scripture. It seems contradictory and they are saying the same thing. Now, Jesus was speaking to carnal men. He said, don't judge. But in 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 15, let's say what the Bible has to say. And then we'll compare to these two scriptures together. And then we'll move on. 1 Corinthians chapter 2, and verse 15. It says, hear this, from verse 12. It says, Now we have received not the spirit of the world, but the spirit which is of God, that we might know the things that are freely given to us of God. Now, verse 13. It says, Which things also we speak, not in the words which many man's wisdom teaches, but which the Holy Ghost teaches, comparing spiritual things with spiritual. Now, hear this. He says, but the natural man receives not the things of the Spirit of God, for they are foolishness to him. Neither can he know them, because they are spiritually discerned. Now, here this, he says, but he that is spiritual judges all things, yet he himself is judged of no man. 
he that is spiritual judges all things. Jesus said in Matthew chapter 7, do not judge. Now, if you look at those two statements directly, they are contradictory. Are they not? Jesus, our Lord Jesus said, brethren, don't judge. The Holy Spiritual Apostle Paul told us, he that is spiritual, judge all things. He that is spiritual can judge all things. I tell you that both of them are trying to say the same thing. Their message is the same. Now, Jesus was saying, do not judge from a natural standpoint. Now, here this, I, this is important for us in understanding how to deal with the brethren and people around us generally. Now, every time we are forced or we find ourselves in a situation where we have to pass off judgments on the other, it is because we are holding them to a standard in the world, a law. For some of us, we may not have the legal ground to stand in judgment against people, but we have the moral ground so, so, so of, so we can gossip about them. For some of us, our house is the place where they discuss the misgivings and the misbehaviors, so to say, of great men of God. We are the ones always trying to correct great men of God on Twitter. We are the ones always trying to, you know, admonish them because we, you know, we, we, we kind of know more than they do, right? Hear what I'm saying? We are the ones that know the brother that is committing adultery, you know, consistently. And so we can gossip about him, you know, we can say, no, we cannot go to that same church with that brother. Because we are holding them to a standard. Listen to this, everybody. Do not judge men by any standard in the world. Whether these standards are religious doctrines, I'm being honest with you now, whether these standards are religious in nature or they are moral in nature, regardless of the standards, do not judge. Praise God. There is something you must understand about the kingdom that you belong to. The firstborn in this kingdom, that is to say the Lord Jesus came into this world and he refused to judge men. He refused to judge men. He went about with publicans. He went about with allots. Are we together now? He went about with all kinds of people because he was a spiritual man. He was entertained. Look at me. The person that would betray him was his accountant. Praise God. The person that would betray him was his accountant. He appointed his accountant. He made him an accountant. Praise God. It's not very many of us who know the person that will betray us and still be able to live with them. He was living with the person that would betray him literally every day. They were going places together, knowing this is the person. 
and after the person has done his job i'm trying to help you understand something and after the person has done the job the person was supposed to do and jesus was raised from the dead i'm sure jesus went to preach to him and so don't be shocked when you get to heaven and you see jesus is carried judas is carried i'm being honest with you do not be shocked if you get to heaven and you find Judas Iscariot there. Praise God. What are we saying? Judge not. Do not hold anyone to any framework, any standard in this world. Why? Because we, you must understand that every person, every misbehavior you see in a person, praise God, was inspired. Every behavior you see in a person was inspired. Every single behavior was inspired. And so, as a believer in Christ, the Bible says that he that is spiritual judges all things. So it means that as a as a believer in Christ, now your your approach towards people is from a span, I mean, from a standpoint of spiritual discernment. So that means you must be able to spiritually discern why people behave the way they are behaving. Let me teach you one of the things that are important now when you are dealing with the brethren. Hear this tonight. You have no right to complain about anyone in Christ that you have not prayed for before, regardless of what they do. I'm being honest with you. You do not reserve the right to complain about your brethren. You don't reserve the right to complain about your pastor. You don't reserve the right to complain about anybody unless you have first prayed for them. So you can complain about people if they hold you prayer. <laughs> Praise God. If you have made the investment of praying for them, and we together now, and if you are a person that is led by the Spirit of God, you will not have any reason to complain for anybody. I'm being honest with you, because when you understand what they go through, you will realize that you may actually falter if you went through the same thing. Praise God. What you have seen is the, is the product, is the act. Two people may have misbehaved. And I'm, 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 I'm trying to help you understand this because as believers in Christ, we will deal with each other, we will deal with brethren, we will deal with um, you know, unbelievers, we will deal with all kinds of people. And sincerely speaking, many people will fuck up. Praise God. In dealing with issues, one of the first things that the Holy Spirit taught me is that when people you give responsibility to in the body of Christ, for example, when they misbehave, you don't complain. The first thing you begin to look out for is what happened. 
Because, listen to me, every action you see was an effect. Praise God. Every action you see was an effect. I repeat, anything that anyone does is an effect. There is always a root cause. I remember sometimes ago, when we wanted to have the water worship experience, I've shared this testimony before. And so this man just came out from nowhere and began to antagonize us. It was really against us. It was really against us. And he was saying all sorts of things. Now, at that point, I could have gotten angry. At that point, I could have lost it. But I looked at him and I began to realize that this man does not know us from Adam. This man does not have any reason. He's probably a Christian. He does not have a reason for us not to have the meeting on this ground. So why is he flexing off his powers? Then something must be at work. So I let him turn back and go his way. Then I declared that in the name of Jesus, every spirit causing this man to misbehave right now, I command you to get out. And I went my way. Few hours later, listen to me, brethren. This same man that was antagonizing us, fighting us seriously, threatening to send us out of the place, was the same person that was helping us beg. The person in charge that was supposed to give us a letter and could not provide the letter because of electricity. He was begging the person to allow us that he would go around to inform the necessary quarters that we are taking approval. The same person. We didn't speak to him after that. So you must understand that if people are antagonizing you, it is not because they want to from the deepest part of their heart. It will be foolishness from your hand to begin to judge people by the things that they do. There is a cause. It is foolishness from your hand to begin to pick enemy enmity with people because of the things that they have done to you. You must understand that it is beyond what they are doing. There is something deeper at work. So you'll be shocked that the person you are referring to as an enemy, the person you think that God will not forgive again in this world, hello, might be the same person that God is preparing you for. I mean, God is practically preparing you to go and bless so that you can move forward. Ha! I tell you, brethren, do not judge, especially people in the household of faith, do not judge. Don't judge them by holding them to a standard. Because the things that they survived, the things that happened to them and made them behave the way they behaved, if you were in their shoes, you are most likely going to behave worse. So in your dealings with men, let love lead. Praise God. Let me tell us a short story. I know of a particular scenario, two different women in a particular church, two different ladies, both of them belong to the choir. Now, the first lady was a student. She came from nowhere and brought a baby to the church. 
as a member of the choir. You know, naturally, because of laws and all of that, they suspended her. She was not allowed to be part of the choir any longer, and she was suspended. Now, a few, I think sometimes later, the other lady, a part of the choir, also got pregnant, brought a baby. I was together now. But this time, the people in charge didn't suspend her. They let her be. And she remained a part of the choir. And in comparing the two scenarios, you know, when you look at such a scenario, you begin to think, ah, no, that's favoritism. Ah, no, that's favoritism. And it is not good in the church of God for one to be favoring another. The truth is, it was not favoritism. For whatever reason, praise God, for whatever reason, I believe that the person that took the decision had an understanding of the each, of each situation. It is the peculiarity of each situation that led to the decisions each time. So I am trying to help us understand that you don't deal with situations based on doctrines, based on laws. First, you need to understand what went wrong. If somebody is antagonizing your business, you don't start cursing them first. You first need to go to the place of prayer and find out what is wrong with this person. If people are actively working against your business and they work for you, you need to go on your knees and pray and find out what is wrong with this person. So when Jesus was saying, pray for your enemies, praise God. He meant what he was saying. He knew what he was talking about. Because he knew that your enemy, your supposed enemies are instruments in the hands of the devil. They are under bondage. So it is, it is expedient for you that your enemies be free from the bondage of the devil. And they come into the marvelous light that you are in. It is expedient for you. It is expedient for you that that brother, that sister that is misbehaving comes to see the light that you bear and is reformed. So in your dealings with everyone, praise God, in your dealings with everyone, let love lead. I have seen countless, many times, we make this even in uh, you know, in serving in the house of God. We belong to one department or another. And in that department, you know, there are many people and people behave differently. And, you know, very many funny things happen. Please, I'm speaking to everyone as a member of SPI now. If you belong to any department in the, your local church, and even in this ministry, do not you don't have any reason to complain about anybody. It is a very poor attitude from believers to believer. I'm being honest with you. Because what you do is that you are complaining. Complaining. And your complaints would not bring forth fruit. So the best way to tackle such situations, praise God, the best way to tackle such situations is to go ahead 
and intercede for the people that are not being responsible enough or that are misbehaving in that department. Go into the place of prayer, intercede for them in the spirit. If you continually do this, come back and check. There will be growth in that department. <clears throat> Excuse me. The truth is that do not write anybody off. The person that is still misbehaving today, praise God, can be a great vessel tomorrow. So you have to come to the point where you see everybody the way Christ sees them. As people that are lovable, as people that can make mistakes but have potential for greatness, as people that as people that need to see light, you don't go around complaining about people. It is better to pray for them because your complaining will not turn their lives around. Your prayers will. Praise God. Do you understand now? You have a spouse that has been behaving in a particular way that is not so nice, that is not so godly. You feel hot, you feel angry, you want to fight. You want to claim your right, you want to stand your ground. All of that is, you know, it is not wise. Let me put it that way. It is foolishness. I, I'm being on with all honestly, with all honesty, I'm being sincere with you. So I speak with all sincerity of heart. I did not mean to attack anybody now. It is foolishness. You have a partner, you have a spouse, whether husband or wife. They are behaving in particular patterns that is ungodly. And so you have tried correcting them in the past. They have not heard. You have tried, you know, doing this and all of that. And so the next decision you are thinking to make is to probably report them or to probably begin to put up a fight. It is foolishness. You are giving the devil a place in your marriage. What you do is to go down on your knees. And being honest with you, go down on your knees and begin to take charge in the spirit. Intercede for child in the spirit. In the middle of your intercession, the Holy Spirit is there to show you things and it will begin to show you what is really going on. And it will begin to show you what is really missing, you know, what, what the mistake really is. And you can begin to address it. I wish I had this understanding when I was a kid. It probably would have saved my heavenly father's life. I'm being honest with you, people don't just misbehave. Carry, understand this and let it become a part of your understanding. Don't just misbehave. Believers or unbelievers, people don't just misbehave. There is a root cause. So if you are using the behavior to write them off, hello, you are missing out on a gold mine. Because he ultimately Christ died for them. Ultimately, God has plans for them. Ultimately, they are going to become great too. People have lost valuable relationships in the future because of supposed toxicity now. Because they don't know how to spiritually undo, spiritually undo things. He that is spiritual judges all things. 
if you're just coming in, we're reading Matthew 7. I mean, first Corinthians chapter 2, from verse 15 to 17. Verse 17 of first Corinthians is says, Who has known the mind of the Lord? Verse 16, rather, that he may instruct him. It says, who has known the mind of God that you may teach God? They said, no one. Praise God. But we will have the mind of Christ. Hi, Anata. We have the mind of Christ means to have the reasoning of Christ. So it means that you must come to the point, listen to me, I'm, I'm teaching you important things. You must come to the point where you may be able to dwell with your enemy, your supposed enemy in peace. Come to the point where you experience the transformation of your enemy. In fact, you have a responsibility to show the marvelous light of God to your enemies. So you don't go around complaining that people are obstructing you. You don't go around complaining that people are acting against your business. Your complaints, your enmity against them is the reason why they are winning. I'm being honest with you. is the reason why anything they are doing is working against you. The truth is this, that if you take the approach that you are unstoppable and irresistible in Christ, knowing who you are in Christ, hello, and approaching the situation with love, it will change the entire game. Your children are misbehaving. You don't go around cursing them. You don't go around calling them names. You go on your knees. Pray in the spirit for them. I remember one of my students, she's a she's a partner of this. I mean, she's a member of the School of Prosperity and Influence now, too. She comes from a Muslim background and from a polygamous house. I mean, from a polygamous home. Now, the mother does not live with the father. So she practically lives with her stepmom and the father. And according to her, the stepmom troubles her a lot. A lot, a whole lot. The stepmom just bothers her a lot and she's already tired so one day she came to i mean to class she was disoriented so i approached her what's going on and so she told me about her struggles at home so i said oh is that it she said yes i said and as at that time she had already received the holy ghost i mean she had she had already become a born again believer filled with the holy ghost so i said you know what you do when you get home and this person is based again you do this Okay, you command the spirit that is causing her to misbehave to get out in the name of Jesus. She was like, Ah, sir, are you saying that this person is being manipulated by a spirit? I said, Yes. You must understand that any oppression of any kind, hmm? every storm, any stumbling block of any kind comes from darkness it is not the person its origin is in the kingdom of darkness and so you have authority over it 
She said, okay, sir. So she went home and did exactly what I asked her to do. The next time the stepmom was asking her, she just went to a corner and commanded the spirit asking her in. You know, the spirit that is causing that woman to ask her that way to get out. And she came back to testify the next day that from that moment onward, the woman continued to behave well. It was a it was a massive transformation. She just was behaving well. So there is no point picking unnecessary fights. If the behaviors of people are affecting your business, you can stop those things from affecting your business and pray for them that they should see the light you have. That's how to deal with things like that. Let love lead in all of your judgments. He that is spiritual judges all things. Don't forget this. So you have a responsibility to judge according to the mind of Christ that you possess. If you find yourself living in this manner, what you will get is a life filled with results. Are we together now? So it is important for us to understand this. In all of your judgments, let love lead. Let love lead. Understand that people don't just misbehave. Something is at work. People don't just misbehave. Something is at work. And being honest with you, people don't just misbehave. Something is at work. And so if the misbehavior is affecting you seriously, sincerely, you must understand that you may be the one under attack. The person is just a vessel. I pray for you in the name of Jesus that the highs of your understanding be enlightened. To be able to spiritually discern in every situation how to approach it. You must understand this. You are not allowed to have animosity against anyone. It will hinder your growth. Rather, pray for them. So in one minute, even as we close, we are going to pray for one person that has unfettered us. One person that has unfettered us. You know that person. Take a minute to think about them. If there are more than one, you can pray for two. Take a minute to think about the person that has offended you. Now you can begin to pray in the name of Jesus. Can you begin to pray now? Mention the name of the person and begin to pray. Father, we thank you. We give you all the glory and adoration for your word that you've sent to us. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. We say be that exalted in the name of Jesus. Make sure you are praying. Pray for that person that has offended you. That person acting actively against you that you know that you have felt you will not forgive. Pray for them now. Pray for them now. In the spirit, pray for them now. Pray for them now. Pray for them now. Make sure you are praying. <laughs>